Welcome to the Convergence on Voice America. This is your Voice America host, Dr. Kurt Johnson, and I'm here with the director of the Evolutionary Leaders Circle, Reverend Deborah Moldau. We're so pleased to be announcing our new series for 2022 and into 2023, Humanity's Moment of Choice, a special radio and video series featuring members of the Evolutionary Leaders Circle. Over the next months, we'll be sharing with you inspiring, informative, and provocative radio and video programming from renowned thought leaders and change makers across more than a dozen areas of activist engagement around the world in what is truly a historical moment of choice. So I want to ask Deborah to introduce you to the evolutionary leaders and to the content that we'll be sharing in this new series on Voice America, Humanity's Moment of Choice. Thank you so much, Kurt. The Evolutionary Leaders Circle, which was initiated by the Source of Synergy Foundation, is a community of visionaries in diverse fields whose life and work are bringing forth new ways of living with one another and the earth in these critical times. We come together to increase the synergy among us and to collectively inspire, support, and serve conscious evolution. Find out more at evolutionaryleaders.net. As an expression of our collective vision, 43 members of the Evolutionary Leaders Circle contributed chapters to an uplifting anthology called Our Moment of Choice, Evolutionary Visions and Hope for the Future, published in 2020 by Beyond Words, an imprint of Simon & Schuster. The book is a call for all of us to take part in the evolution of human consciousness, so vital to a healthy future. And a key subject for this Voice America series, the paperback launch in May 2022 was bright in sync with our launch of this series, Humanity's Moment of Choice, on Voice America Radio and Video. Information on the book is at ourmomentofchoice.com. Another expression of our shared intention that will be explored in this series is the Synergy Circles, in which evolutionary leaders come together with one another and others to address important areas of interest and potential impact together. Just a few examples are conscious business, environment and sustainability, education, media, and many more, all of which will unfold right here on Voice America through 2022 and 2023. All these programs will be available free, on-demand, 24-7, so you can enjoy them and share them at your convenience. We hope you'll tune into Humanity's Moment of Choice on Voice America 
to hear about how change is truly being made by some of the most brilliant thinkers of our time. Deborah, thank you very much. And now it's my pleasure to introduce the first Voice America special in this new series, Humanity's Moment of Choice, Choosing Earth. In this program, we'll be sharing, especially in this time of and after Earth Day 2022, a message about choosing Earth from programs all around the world. Our guests will be from the Evolutionary Leaders Ecological Civilization Synergy Circle. Full biographies for all of the guests are at the Voice America show page. We'll begin with the renowned author, Dwayne Elgin, author of Choosing Earth, The Living Universe, Awakening Earth, Voluntary Simplicity, and so many other influential publications. And as you'll see, he's brought a host of other voices with him. Then we'll be joined by New York Times bestselling author, David Corton, author of The Great Turning, When Corporations Rule the World, and Change the Story, Change the Future. After Dr. Corton, we'll speak with Dr. Richard Clugston of University Leaders for a Sustainable Future and an original member of the Earth Charter Commission. Dwayne, David, and Rick will be sharing their visions of our choosing Earth, especially in the context of the Earth Charter. And after that, we'll be turning to shorter comments by two guests who will be featuring further in our Future Voice America broadcast, British cosmologist and anthropologist, Dr. Jude Curavan, author of the soon-to-be-released The Story of Gaia and the well-known book, The Cosmic Hologram. And Laura George, J.D., author of the Foundational Trilogy and its latest edition, The Light and the New Human. Then we'll be joining with sharings from two other important Earth Day and Earth Season celebrations with which we've partnered. The Awakening World's Weekend of Earth Day events with Scott Katamas and the New York City Planet Heart Earth Day event with Mitchell J. Rabin and Andrew Keene of A Better World Radio and Television. We'll conclude the program with a message and blessing by Earth Day and for this Earth Day season from two other Voice America hosts, Beth Shaw from Make America Healthy and Karuna from our own series, The Convergence. So let's begin now by going over to Dwayne Elgin, whose book of the same title, Choosing Earth, serves so well as the subtitle of this special Voice America broadcast, Humanity's Moment of Choice. So now over to Dwayne Elgin. Thanks, Kurt. I'm pleased to have this opportunity to speak about humanity's time of great transition as a species and to explore the world that is unfolding in the coming decades. To begin, we know the human journey is in big trouble. First, we know our actions are producing climate change, which is producing an uninhabitable earth and pushing us to swiftly change how we live on this planet. Second, our actions are producing one of the greatest extinctions of animal and plant life in the Earth's history. Third, population is growing unsustainably. 
the regenerative capacity of the Earth's land and oceans can sustain roughly 2 billion people, and yet we now have nearly 8 billion people and are headed towards 10 billion people by the end of this century. To make sense of these and other challenging trends, I want to share a short audio segment from the documentary film Facing Adversity, Choosing Earth, Choosing Life that was produced and directed by my partner and wife, Colleen. In this segment, you will hear four voices in the following order. Joanna Macy, Victoria Santos, Nate Hagens, and myself. Here's the clip. Great turning, which is what? It's a transition we're in. We're in it now. It's a transition. We're learning so much in science and in grassroots community building. It's not something we do instead of the collapse. It's something that can guide us through it. My preposition these days is through. Honey, we're gonna have to go through this. The opportunity of this time is for us to evaluate and reassess our priorities as a species. We need to look at what our relationships are to each other, to our families, to our community, and really assess our values. We've arrived at a species level conversation, our species, and we need to own this to find a path forward. We have entered an extraordinarily rare moment in humanity's collective journey. The path for generations to come will depend on people alive today. We cannot predict where humanity will go from here for one simple reason. Our future depends on our individual and collective consciousness and the choices that emerge from that consciousness. That audio segment is an excerpt from the major documentary produced and directed by my wife and partner, Colleen LaDrew Elgin. You can watch it here on our website, choosingearth.org. When we look at these driving trends from a big picture perspective, we can see three major pathways are now emerging. One, a pathway of crash and collapse. Two, a pathway of authoritarianism. And three, a pathway of great transition. All three pathways have the same beginning. They each start with a time of great unraveling in the 2020s, followed by a great fall in the 2030s, and are then followed by a time of great sorrow in the 2040s. Let's review each pathway briefly. The first pathway is one of crash and collapse. It's a business-as-usual approach where we make small changes that do not upset the status quo. In making only small, gradual changes, systems unravel, and this culminates in a devastating evolutionary crash and the collapse of civilizations around the Earth. 
The second pathway is an authoritarian future that is empowered with artificial intelligence. Collapse is prevented, but at the cost of human freedom and creativity. Just before we crash, authoritarian controls pull back the forward momentum, and this produces a stagnant future, one of constraint and conformity. A digital dictatorship controls our future. It can also produce ruthless leaders making decisions for all. The third pathway is one of great transition. Like the crash and the authoritarian pathways, the great transition pathway begins with a time of great unraveling, followed by a great fall, and then moves into a time of great sorrow. The old world is breaking down and a new world is being born. This is a pathway of collective initiation with tremendous pressures for us to mature and to wake up as a species. The great sorrow that accompanies this time of transition moves the family forward from our collective adolescence and into our early adulthood. To realize the potentials of the third pathway of great transition, a new paradigm or way of looking at reality is required. For the past 300 years or so, we in the West have been living primarily in a non-living universe that we assume is dead at the foundations. If we regard the universe as non-living at the foundations, we will tend to see ourselves as separate material beings. In turn, an emphasis on consumption will be the natural result of a materialistic worldview. However, if we regard the universe as a unified, living organism of which we are an inseparable part, then we will tend to see ourselves as a part of a larger aliveness, and we will tend to care for all that exists. An emphasis on simplicity of living is a natural result of recognizing we live in a living universe. I think all three pathways, collapse, authoritarianism, and transformation, are likely to continue into the future. The question is, which one will guide us through humanity's initiation and into our early adulthood? And which one will your actions support? Because the paradigm of aliveness is so important to a transforming pathway, I want to bring the reality of aliveness into our everyday world with a short audio segment. Have you ever had the experience of seeing a delicate aliveness in the world? Have you ever looked at a flower or the space around you and seen a subtle glow, a luminosity, and felt a deep kinship with all of existence? Have you ever experienced a feeling of oneness with the world around you, a feeling of communion with the whole universe? Many people assume that we live in a universe comprised of dead matter and empty space. And this is truly a dark night of the soul if that is the kind of world that we inhabit. Fortunately, ancient wisdom and modern science are coming together and they're revealing the universe in a new way. 
Instead of dead at the foundation, it is increasingly viewed as a living system in its totality. And certainly at the foundation of all humanity and all of our lives and our life experience is the direct experience of being alive. And it is this experience of profound aliveness that we share with all creatures and all humans. Sometimes I will say to nature, surprise me. And within a few moments, I will see the flight of a bee, the architecture of a flower, there is an astonishing degree of beauty and design in nature's creations. We're being called to come into a more intimate and healing relationship with all of life. So I would like to leave you with a simple practice. I encourage you to pause for a few moments during the course of a day and ask the universe to surprise you. Then open your awareness to the soft, luminous qualities throughout nature. Notice how pausing to touch into your experience of aliveness shifts your experience. In closing, I'd like to leave you with the title music from our documentary. The music is called I Am The Earth, and this track was written by Charity Khan and performed by Charity Khan and the jam band on the album Earth. That is such an inspiring and compelling song for our times. Thanks again, Kurt. It's been a pleasure to share this message with you. I am the oceans, the oceans are me. I am the earth, and the earth is me. Duane, thank you so much. And thank you for bringing those additional voices with you. Your books are remarkable contributions to Choosing Earth, and we're so grateful that you could join us on this program with your host of colleagues. We're equally privileged to have with us now to continue this conversation, Dr. David Corton, author of not only the New York Times bestselling books that we mentioned just above, but also the important recent study with the Club of Rome, Ecological Civilization from Emergency to emergence. So now over to Dr. David Corton. Kurt, thank you for that kind introduction and for this reconnection with Dwayne Elgin and Rick Clugston, 
my thoughtful friends and colleagues over many decades. Humanities arrived at a defining choice point. Duane's new book, Choosing Earth, documents with clarity and accuracy the civilizational breakdown and collapse now playing out at an accelerating pace. The latest report of the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change makes clear that by 2030, the end of this decade, humanity must be mobilized around a shared commitment to fundamentally new ways of living consistent with our collective well-being and that of the living earth. Returning to pre-pandemic life is not an option. Extreme weather, fire, flood, drought, depleted soils, falling water supplies, and more warn us that our human burden on Earth exceeds Earth's ability to sustain. Meanwhile, Russia's invasion of Ukraine reminds us that war between superpowers in a nuclear age is an act of collective madness. Environmental collapse from which there will be no prospect of recovery is already well underway. We have had our warning. Now we must act with clear intention as a unified planetary community. Hope resides in the fact that the primary barrier to the essential transformation resides in the human mind, which can quickly change. Success, however, depends on drawing from all the many sources of understanding of our human needs and nature as creative, caring members of Earth's community of life. Early human experience brought an intuitive understanding of life's interdependence, beautifully captured by the South African concept of Ubuntu, which translates, I am because you are. Guided by this simple and essential truth, Early humans self-organized as small and relatively isolated communities of people who made their living together while caring for the place in which they lived and from which they made their living. We must likewise learn to live as materially self-reliant communities responsible for the care of our place on earth. But in a now densely populated and interconnected world equipped with dramatic advances in knowledge and technology. The human species began to lose its way thousands of years ago. As our human population grew, we found ourselves competing for control of the lands and waters on which we all ultimately depend for our means of living. This led to organizing as competing nation states ruled by the few who used the institutions of government to control access by the many to their means of living. As democracy began to challenge the power of those who controlled government, aspiring oligarchs turned to the legal instrument of the transnational corporation as their favored means for securing their power. This accelerated already growing inequality and environmental devastation. On the more hopeful side, using the tools of modern science, we're making extraordinary advances in our understanding of life's complex interdependence. Take for example, the human body, the vessel of our individual consciousness and the vehicle of our agency. Each of our bodies is comprised of 30 to 40 
trillion living cells that depend on the support of comparable trillions of microbial cells, including wondrously varied bacteria, viruses, and fungi. Each cell makes constant decisions essential to our body's ability to serve our consciousness. Earth is a vastly larger and more complex organism. Yet like any multicelled organism, Earth survives as a living being only for so long as its Earth community members self-organize to create and maintain the conditions of climate, pure water and air, fertile soil, and much else on which they all in turn depend. It gives extraordinary new meaning to Ubuntu. I am because we are. It did not just magically come to be. Earth life has evolved through mutual learning over some 3.7 billion years from rudimentary microbes to living organisms of ever greater physical and cognitive abilities and potential. As humans now so dramatically demonstrate, those potentials are not always actualized in mutually beneficial ways. But those species that threaten the well-being of the whole ultimately expire to make room for more beneficial species to emerge. As a species, our collective human impact has become extraordinarily destructive. But we have the means not only to facilitate Earth's healing, we have extraordinary potential to facilitate creation's continued creative unfolding. As Dwayne Elgin observed in his earlier book, Awakening Earth, quote, through humanity's awakening, the universe acquires the ability to look back and reflect upon itself in wonder, awe, and appreciation, unquote. Such distinctive abilities surely come with distinctive responsibilities, including most obviously a responsibility to avoid self-extinction. Our current rate of advance in human understanding and our potential to shape the future of Earth and its contribution to creation's continued unfolding are extraordinary. Through quantum physics, we have learned that relationships, not particles, are the foundation of what we experience as material reality. Through biology, we are learning that intelligent life exists only in diverse communities of choice-making organisms that together create and maintain the conditions essential to their individual and collective existence. Through the social sciences, we are learning that the most equal human societies are the healthiest and that humans get their greatest satisfaction from caring for other living beings. Meanwhile, just within the lifetime of my generation, our communication technologies have advanced from snail mail to the potential ability of every human to engage in effortless instant communication with every other human on earth. The potentials of this technology to benefit all people and the whole of the now interconnected earth community are extraordinary. But technology's current misuse to advance purely exploitative personal agendas is terrifying. Our problem traces in part to a religion posing as a science dedicated to the worship of money. We call it economics. 
But far from being a true economics, guiding our relationships with a living Earth household on which our existence and well-being depends, it is a financialized egonomics focused on maximizing personal financial gain. It values life only for its market price, denies the existence of community, and reduces us to a dehumanizing competition for instant financial gain. Meanwhile, the world's authentic religions have largely abdicated their roles in providing humanity with an ethical compass grounded in love and care for one another and earth. We are in desperate need of a spiritual awakening, not around a new spiritual leader or religious text, but around an emergent vision of human possibility, grounded in an ethical frame consistent with traditional indigenous understanding, the best of authentic religious teaching, and breakthrough findings on the frontiers of science. Leadership is not likely to come from those seated in positions of power in establishment institutions that bear major responsibility for the monumental system failure we must now move beyond. Some among the establishment players may join in the, in the cause, but much of the leadership must come from those who bear the consequences of current system failure. Those on whose labor and intelligent collaborative choice-making, the thriving communities of a future ecological civilization dedicated to the well-being of all people and the living earth will depend. Together, we must create a world dedicated to being more rather than to consuming more. The world of material sufficiency and spiritual abundance. It is a call not to sacrifice, but rather to embrace an extraordinary opportunity. Most of the current human consumption that overburdens Earth contributes nothing to human well-being. Quite the contrary, much of it is dehumanizing and self-destructive. For example, war, obsessive consumerism driven by advertising rather than need, planned obsolescence, Financial speculation and creation of fictitious financial assets like cryptocurrencies that consume enormous energy to create claims against the real wealth of the world while producing nothing of real value. Long and fragile one-way supply chains that exploit the poor and nature to maximize corporate profits for the rich. Cities designed to separate people from one another in nature to accommodate cars and office space for activities best eliminated. We must rethink human purpose, power, and procreation. The purpose of a functioning society and a productive economy is to provide all people with material sufficiency and spiritual abundance while supporting the well-being, beauty, and creative unfolding of Earth's community of life. Societies best fulfill this purpose when power resides in communities of place that empower people to fulfill their responsibilities to and for themselves, one another, and Earth. And every society must support life's continuous regenerative renewal through procreation. This requires care for the living systems by which Earth regenerates air, water, and soils while maintaining climate stability. 
It requires supporting ourselves and managing our human numbers and distribution by assuring that every child is a wanted child who receives the essential support of a loving family and community in preparation for creative lives of joy and fulfilling service. Our distinctive ability to reshape our relationships with one another and earth resides in our ability to collectively choose our culture, institutions, technology, and infrastructure with conscious collective intention. Bad choices based on fatally flawed ethical principles contrary to our nature and the conditions on which our well-being depends now put us on a path to self-extinction. To make better choices, we must begin with principles consistent with our true nature and needs as living beings. To my mind, the best cooperatively created statement of the defining principles of an ecological civilization dedicated to Earth's community of life was set forth in the year 2000 in the Earth Charter, a document crafted through the most inclusive dialogue in human history. These principles call us to, quote, join together to bring forth a sustainable global society founded on respect for nature, universal human rights, economic justice, and a culture of peace, unquote. These define the essential elements of an ecological civilization. So Kurt, let us now turn to Rick Clugston to share his deep knowledge of and commitment to the Earth Charter, its history, principles, and special relevance to this defining moment in the human experience. Yes, thank you so much, David. And yes, let's continue now with Dr. Richard Clugston. And as you've noted, Rick is not only an original member of the Earth Charter Commission, but someone intimately involved for many years with all of the international meetings and protocols that have been a part of this effort to address choosing Earth. So let's go over now to Dr. Richard Clugston. Thanks, Dwayne and David, for presenting us with our global challenges and emphasizing the urgent need for transformative change in our institutional practices and economic policies. The Earth Charter Initiative is one example of an enduring effort to create such changes. The preamble to the Earth Charter states, we stand at a critical moment in Earth's history, a time when humanity must choose its future as the world becomes increasingly interdependent and fragile, the future at once holds great peril and great promise. To move forward, we must recognize that in the midst of a magnificent diversity of cultures and life forms, we are one human family and one earth community with a common destiny. We must decide to live with a sense of universal responsibility identifying ourselves with the whole earth community as well as our local communities. We are at once citizens of different nations and one world in which the local and global are linked. Everyone shares responsibility for the present and future well-being of the human family and the larger living world. The spirit of human solidarity and kinship with all life is strengthened when we live with reverence for the mystery of being, gratitude for the gift of life, and humility regarding the human place in nature. The drafting of the Earth Charter began 34 years ago in response to the Commission on Environment and Development's call to, quote, 
consolidate and extend relevant legal principles in a new charter to guide state behavior in the transition to sustainable development, end quote. This new charter was dubbed the Earth Charter, and drafts of it were written in the intergovernmental negotiations leading up to the 1992 UN World Conference on Environment and Development. The Earth Charter was intended to be the preamble to Agenda 21, the outcome document of the conference. While many new priorities for environmentally responsible development emerged from this real Earth Summit, an Earth Charter did not. The ethical demands for a more ecologically centered development agenda were beyond the scope of the negotiators, and the real declaration replaced it. Many of those involved in the Earth Summer felt that a world charter that focused on human relationships to nature was urgently needed. The creation of an Earth Charter shifted to a civil society initiative under the leadership of Maurice Strong, who had chaired the Rio Conference, and Mikhail Gorbachev, who was president of Green Cross International. From 1994 to 2000, Extensive research, consultation, and drafting took place throughout the world. At the time, the Earth Charter Initiative involved the most open and participatory consultation process ever conducted in connection with the drafting of an international document. In March 2000, the Earth Charter Commission officially adopted the Earth Charter at UNESCO in Paris, and it was launched at the Peace Palace in The Hague three months later. The preamble of the Earth Charter describes the cosmological and ecological situation and the major challenges and choices facing humanity. There follow 16 main principles, which are expressed in four parts. One, respect and care for the community of life. Two, ecological integrity. Three, social and economic justice. And four, democracy, nonviolence, and peace. The Earth Charter vision reflects the conviction that caring for people and caring for Earth are two interrelated dimensions of one great task. Since the Earth Charter was finalized in 2000, Earth Charter International, the Secretariat, has focused on having the governments represented at the United Nations acknowledge the contribution of the Earth Charter and to translate its principles into action. To advance such recognition, the Secretariat staff and board members secured endorsements of the Earth Charter from tens of thousands of organizations and individuals. Governmental delegations from Mexico, Brazil, Costa Rica, the Netherlands, and others promoted the Earth Charter as a guide to policy and practice within their countries, as well as in the UN Sustainable Development Policy Debates. UNESCO became a major endorser and partnered with Earth Charter International in their joint efforts to promote education for sustainable development. Located at the University for Peace in Costa Rica, the Earth Charter Secretariat facilitated the mainstreaming of such transformative education in universities and schools. 
including the New Delhi School System and Methodista University in Sao Paulo, Brazil, among many others. Recently, efforts have focused on elevating the importance of education for global, for global citizenship and the ongoing implementation of the UN's 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Recognizing the urgent need to shift the development agenda away from its overemphasis on short-term economic growth, Earth Charter International is constructing an Earth Charter Index of Planetary Well-Being with new metrics based on the Earth Charter's foundational principle for promoting respect and care for the community of life. Duane and David have highlighted the urgent need to mobilize a larger and more effective social movement to enhance a flourishing Earth. The Earth Charter Initiative has been an enduring effort in this direction. It is one amidst many other organizations sharing similar agendas for transformative change. For the past 22 years, raising sufficient funds to support the Earth Charter staff and activities has been a challenge. In part, this difficulty is due to the fact that Earth Charter International is competing with these other organizations for foundation grants, major donors, and a large constituency to purchase its products and services. For all of our organizations and initiatives, a central challenge is to find ways to build together this greater unitive social movement. Stephen Rockefeller, who chaired the Earth Charter Drafting Committee, offers encouragement for this possibility. I quote, the emergence throughout the world of a new ethical and spiritual consciousness that supports the transition to a just, sustainable, and peaceful world is one of the most promising developments of the last 60 years. The Earth Charter identifies the basic spiritual challenges that the world community must address if it is to make the transition to strong sustainability. When it states, we must realize that when basic needs have been met, human development is primarily a about being more, not having more. This guideline, of course, is entirely consistent with the teachings of all the world's great wisdom traditions. The values associated with human rights, cultural diversity, social and economic justice, a culture of peace, intergenerational responsibility, and respect and care for the greater community of life are all part of what being more means in the 21st century. In addition, the Earth Charter recognizes the importance of reverence for the mystery of being, compassion, love, hope, and the joyful celebration of life. Being more in the spirit of these values and ideals is the only sure path to a sustainable world. Thanks, Kurt, for this opportunity to share the Earth Charter story and for bringing us together to help bring about a planetary ecological civilization. Rick, thank you so much. You've truly enlightened us further about the importance of the vision that is in the Earth Charter. So thanks so much to you and to Duane Elgin and David Corton. So now to further broaden our context, we're going to hear next from Dr. Jude Curavan from her new book, The Story of Gaia, and her work in co-creating the unitive narrative 
from the evolutionary leader circle. And then from Laura George J.D. and the message of her latest book, The Light and the New Human. So over to that immediately after this short message about the Evolutionary Leaders Award-winning book, our moment of choice, evolutionary visions and hope for the future from its publishers, Beyond Words, Simon and Schuster. Hello, this is Richard Cohn, publisher of Beyond Words. We are very honored to be partnering with Simon & Schuster and the Synergy Foundation to bring you a new thought-provoking book for these challenging times. It is called Our Moment of Choice, and it features 43 of the world's most well-known spiritual thinkers, offering practical solutions to the most pressing problems of our time, from economic inequality and social injustice to climate change and spiritual disconnection. Deepak Chopra offers his thoughts on how our inherent wholeness is not a choice, while Greg Braden suggests that we can change our world by first realizing that none of us are separate from each other. Lynn McTaggart investigates the link between altruism and self-healing. Michael Bernard Beckwith, Bruce Lipton, and many others share their thoughts on moving forward in ways that expand our consciousness and benefit the global community. Our moment of choice calls on us all to be the co-creators of a just, unified, peaceful, and thriving world. The time has come for all humanity to be united in purpose. This is our call to action. This is our collective moment of choice upon which our future depends. You can purchase your copy today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Beyond Words, or your local independent bookstore. Welcome back to The Convergence on Voice America. This is your Voice America host, Dr. Kurt Johnson. Let's go over now to renowned British cosmologist and anthropologist, Dr. Jude Curavan, who will especially be speaking about our choosing Earth in the context of our planet's emerging and imperative unitive narrative. Thanks, Kurt. This is Jude Curavan, and I'm delighted to be here speaking about a unitive narrative and my book, The Story of Gaia. From the earliest times, human beings have shared narratives and told stories to try and understand the nature of the world and our place in it. We've sought to embrace and reconcile our inner and outer experiences of life and to imbue them with meaning and purpose. Yet our prevailing narrative of materialist separation and a universe devoid of innate meaning and inherent purpose has been both sterile and is now being revealed to be fundamentally wrong. To paraphrase the great narrator of human experience, Joseph Campbell, the only narrative that's going to be worth thinking about in the immediate future is one that's talking about the planet and all beings on it. This new narrative will need to be grounded in widespread unitive consciousness. 
which includes a felt sense of unity with all life, unity with the ineffable source of all being, and unity with the evolutionary flow. Such a unitive narrative has been drafted by members of the Evolutionary Leaders Circle to provide an emergent, cosmological, planetary, interspiritual, and societal foundation to serve and support the conscious evolution of humanity. It's founded on the convergence of scientific breakthroughs with universal wisdom and spirituality-based teachings in realizing the unified nature of reality and our profound interbeing and belonging with our planetary home, Gaia, and with the entire universe. A unitive narrative invites us to inwardly hear the wisdom of our hearts and respect the complementarity of feminine and masculine attributes. It calls for our conscious evolution, helps us heal our collective worldview from the illusion of separation to a perspective of unity in diversity and encourages the emergence of an inclusive interspirituality which provides essential practices for awakening to this unitive consciousness. Scientifically-based evidence at all scales of existence and across numerous fields of peer-reviewed and verified research underpins and frames this unitive narrative with four key insights that I also share in the story of Gaia. That the appearance of our universe arises and from and meaningfully informed by deeper non-physical realms of causation and whose unified wholeness is expressed in nested and relational complexity of its differentiated and diverse parts. That mind and consciousness are not something we have, but literally what we and the whole world really are. The beginning 13.8 billion years ago, not as a chaotic Big Bang, but as an ordered and fine-tuned first moment of an ongoing big breath. Our entire universe as a sentient entity meaningfully and purposefully exists to evolve from simplicity to complexity and diversity, ever greater levels of individuated and collective self-expression, awareness and conscious interdependence. And that this unitive narrative now empowers us to envision and gives us hope to co-create a love-based rather than a separation-based future. And where regenerative and sustainable development, unitive justice and peace are natural outcomes of a world that works for all people and our planetary home. To paraphrase philosopher Théa de Chardin, Someday we shall harness the energies of love and then for a second time in the history of the world, humanity will have discovered fire. That someday is here and now. As we wake up to the radical reality of a unitive narrative, 
we'll also discover as a species and for the first time who we really and truly are and who we can evolve to become. Gaia's continuing emergence is embodied in collaborative and synergistic relationships and dynamic co-evolutionary partnerships. And where now the conscious evolution of humanity, underpinned by a new cosmological understanding and unitive narrative, we may realize as Gaians to be an integral part of our planetary home's own evolutionary progress and purpose. Thank you so much, Kurt, and everyone. It's been a real pleasure, a great pleasure being with you. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jude Kuravan. And so in that spirit of the new humanity of which you speak, let's hear now from Lord George J.D. about her new book, The Light and the New Human. Thank you so much, Kurt, and happy Earth Day, everyone. This is Laura George coming to you from the Peace Pentagon, and I'm pleased to be part of Choosing Earth and how this theme relates to my new book, The Light and the New Human. So what is a new human? What values do new humans share? Why are new humans more aligned with Earth? And are there enough new humans to shift the paradigm? To answer these questions, we first need to acknowledge that we are living in a time of unprecedented challenges and rapid transformation, what we at Oracle call a great cusp, the period of social unrest and spiritual confusion that precedes a paradigm shift. Paradigms shift when the Godhead changes, and that's what's happening right now. Oracle's trickle-down deity theory posits that our view of the Godhead defines our reality and shapes all derivative beliefs and behaviors rising authoritarianism, increased misogyny, and desecration of our planet are all symptoms of a godhead that is woefully out of balance. To date, humanity has passed through four paradigms, and we are struggling to birth the fifth, an era where more new humans will reach second tier on the spectrum of consciousness. Futurist Barbara Marx Hubbard called us homo universalis. We are people who hold universal human rights sacred, who believe in global democracy, and who have vowed to protect planet Earth and all sentient beings. The first spiritual paradigm arose after the Big Bang, when we were a mere thought form within the divine mind. Later, prehistoric humans lived in organic concordance with Earth and shared a beehive mentality. Our earliest ancestors instinctively adopted animism, a magical level of existence where spirit is seen in everything and all is one. The second spiritual paradigm arrived when Homo sapiens began to imagine a godhead. Early humans depicted a rotund goddess, and female monotheism was the primary source of inspiration for nearly 20,000 years. Back then, both sexes contributed to the clan's survival, and as Rianne Eisler explains, it was more a period of partnerism than matriarchy. At this point, humans started playing the god game, a term I use to describe separation, and the other illusions we encounter in our quest to reunify with the light. In the third spiritual paradigm, polytheism became the dominant belief system, and the Godhead overflowed with anthropomorphic deities. During the age of agriculture, humans evolved from hunters and foragers to herders and farmers, and hierarchical caste systems developed. Powerful men began to dominate Earth, and the status of women declined. The seeds of the fourth spiritual paradigm were sown when Yahweh emerged in the Jewish tradition 
and Buddha denounced polytheism. Yet it was the arrival of Jesus and the fall of the Roman Empire that anchored the fourth paradigm in male monotheism. The decision to personify God as a masculine deity stuck, even though Muhammad tried to correct this error by using the allegory of light. Consequently, for the last 2,000 years, we've been stuck in daddy deism and feminine wisdom energy subjugated even further. In keeping with the trickle-down deity theory, God the Father helped institutionalize religious patriarchy, scientific reductionism, and nation-state warfare. David Corton calls this the era of empire, and it was solidified when corporations started to exploit humans and devastated the planet. In the 20th century, social Darwinism and capitalism promoted a competitive ethos. In the 21st century, though the information age and internet connect us globally, new mediums are being manipulated by rogue players of the guide game, those with a vested interest in thwarting the evolutionary impulse. Today, at the dawn of the fifth spiritual paradigm, new humans must cut through the chaos of the great cusp and anchor a new Godhead. Instead of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we exalt what Ken Wilber calls the true triple Godhead. Thou art, it is, and I am. We rejoice at the long-awaited marriage of science and spirituality and comprehend that the cosmos is conscious. On the earth plane, we co-create a field of holism beyond the biosphere, what Tillyard de Chardin called the noosphere. In the ethereal plane, we access Irvin Laszlo's Akashic field, the mind and memory of our collective journey. Ultimately, we seek reunification with the infinite source of truth, love, and light. Today, we have rejected the suicidal credo, survival of the fittest, in favor of the pro-social maxim, survival of the friendliest. And the evolutionary leaders invite us to join the HALA movement, a global action led by new humans to end the great cusp, birth the fifth spiritual paradigm, and win this round of the God game. Sadly, however, there is another timeline in play. Thus far, I've been describing a flesh and blood new human with second-tier values and the energy and insight to choose humanism and holism. Yet others are choosing virtual reality and artificial intelligence, timelines that will produce unintended new humans and further detach us from each other and Earth. Steven Spielberg's movie, Ready Player One, depicts the first dystopian scenario, where humans are addicted to a, a virtual world untethered to Gaia. This metaverse is being built by Meta, formerly Facebook, and other tech giants who are betting that we will not choose Earth, preferring instead to live in a transhuman world. An even more frightening scenario is a post-human paradigm, where new humans are not human at all. At the Oracle Institute, we study the players and progress of the God game, historical patterns and potential timelines, the duality of the earth plane, and how to access the light in the ethereal plane. These topics and more are addressed in the third installment of the Oracle Foundational Trilogy, The Light and the New Human. Thank you so much, Kurt, for this precious time on Voice America. It's been my pleasure to share these thoughts on Earth Day 2022. Great. Thank you so much, Dr. Jude Curavan and Laura George, for adding these final perspectives on choosing Earth. As Dr. Corton said in his presentation, we have the means not only to facilitate the Earth's healing, we have extraordinary potential to facilitate creation's continued creative unfolding. And as our guest Dwayne Elgin said from his book, Awakening Earth, through humanity's awakening, the universe acquires the ability to look back and reflect upon itself. 
in wonder, awe, and appreciation. So this is precisely what this Earth Day and Earth Season message is all about. So let's close now with some short sharings from other Earth Day celebrations that we've partnered with this year. Starting with a report back from the Awakening World's Earth Weekend event in California, which was joined by a number of us. So over now to Scott Katamas, who was the host of that wonderful event. Thank you, Kurt, and I'm so grateful for everything that you're doing to provide so many remarkable luminaries uh, to your audience on possibly the most important topic of our times. How can we honestly support our beloved Mother Earth Gaia and each other during this remarkable time of transformation? I'm really grateful that so many people like yourself and the presenters on these podcasts that you're doing are providing tips, tools, and practices and wisdom of how we can make it through these times and what we really can do. Recently, on Earth Day weekend, we dedicated all of my Awakening World shows to this topic. And again, focusing on practical solutions. What can we all do? And it was a really wonderful weekend. And I want to encourage people to go back. They can find all of the shows. We do three shows every weekend, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. And April 22nd through the 24th, we dedicated to Earth Day. And very specifically, practical solutions of how we can honor Mother Earth, connect to her, and also connect to support each other. Of course, all the that we read about in the news, especially those of us that choose to be informed, some of the climate change prognosis is terrifying. And some of us have already been impacted by it. Where I live, wildfires, wildfire season lasts about six months of the year now. And there's power outages, there's constant smoke problems, there's evacuations. And yes, there are fires that burn down people's homes. Um, I had two houses across the street from me burned down five years ago. So it's, it's very real. And we need to encourage and support each other. So that's why podcasts like this are so important. And what we did on The Awakening World, where we brought in a remarkable group of people, including Kurt Johnson, Dwayne Elgin, Claire Dubois, um, Lynn Twist, Grandmother Flora DeMaio, uh, Daniela Castell, and many others came in and shared wisdom that was very inspiring. So I encourage everybody to go back and watch those shows. You can find them all on our YouTube channel on uh, just find Global Peace Tribe on YouTube and you'll easily see our shows there. Or you can always private message me on Facebook. I'm the only Scott Katamas on the planet, and I'm happy to provide you with links and information. And once again, thank you so much, Kurt, for the wonderful job you're doing here. Great. Thanks, Scott. So now let's hear from this year's New York City Planet Heart Earth Day program from one of its hosts, Mitchell J. Rabin. So, Mitchell? Thanks, Kurt. A pleasure to be here with you and to share with your audience a little of our recent Earth Day celebration that was produced by Planet Heart and Better World and We the World. This is a collaboration that's been going on between us for many years. 
again, we hit some high notes. And in our honoring of Gaia, Pachamama, Mother Earth, we brought tremendous amount of love and heart and inspiration to the table for all those that were present. The more we're able to cultivate people's heart connection, we believe, with the Earth as a living being, as an extraordinary intelligence, we reduce the tendency the human species seems to have to render harm. Years ago, I was part of something that was called the Wilderness Awareness School, which took whole families, often including the corporate executive dads, into the woods for a few days or a week, oftentimes under the tutelage of the Mohawk leader, Jake Swamp, and gave these families an opportunity to hang out in nature, smell the flowers quite literally, breathe fresh air, and just disconnect from the frenzy of daily life and reconnect to the simplicity and beauty of being with and in nature. And that's the energy we create in our annual Earth Day celebrations, including this one, a sense of beauty, a sense of peace, and a sense of gratitude. This year, Kurt, we had my dear friend and colleague, cellular biologist, Bruce Lipton speaking, another dear friend and colleague, evolution biologist, Elizabeth Satoris, and another dear friend and colleague, evolution biologist, Kurt Johnson, who I know you know well. So you could clearly see this year's meme, theme, and motif. Many of us are eager for our next evolutionary step as a species, and this year's Earth Day event made that abundantly clear. We were also gifted to have Drs. J.J. and Desiree Hurtock speak. They're a magical couple. They deliver hard facts about our current situation on the planet environmentally, and they also bring us the inspiration to carry on that the higher dimensions are behind us, always uplifting us. Another speaker this year was Dr. Samarpan Bukalter, who spoke of his work with the Yanomami tribes in the Amazon in Brazil and truly the heart-rending degradation their culture is experiencing at the hands of gold digging and exploitation of their land, literally uprooting their lives and the good work he and others are doing to help protect and preserve their way of life. And as well, I shared a poem, as did my fellow co-producer, Andy Kane. Facts carry us so far, Kurt, but a poem carries us deeper and further. Nothing to prove, only to reflect and to feel. We were also blessed to have Indigenous Elder Phil Lane open the evening with a sacred blessing, setting the tone for the evening. That tone was furthered by our beautiful performers, the much-beloved and dear friend Kristen Hoffman, Eliza Hava, and Premik Russell Tubbs' beautiful flute. You know, I like the theme that Paul Hawken also has us reflect on in his work, including Drawdown. And he puts it this way, quote, rather than thinking that global warming is happening to us, perhaps it is really happening for us. The great awakening is before us and it's up to us really to effectively respond. Look, it's been a pleasure to this have uh, the Earth Day event and to share it with your audience right here, Kurt. If people would like to see the recording, 
They can go to www.abetterworld.net or uh, www.youtube.com forward slash a better world TV show. It'll be in both places and it will be like they were there. Kurt, thanks again for having me on. Mitchell and Scott, thanks so much. And as they just said, you can enjoy these programs now online at your leisure. You can find Awakening World's Earth Day program at YouTube on the Global Peace Tribe channel. That's Global Peace Tribe channel at YouTube. And you can find A Better World's program at abetterworld.net or at youtube.com forward slash A Better World TV show. So thanks both of you and especially for closing out with those references and reflections on nature and on our world's indigenous peoples. We're going to be ending exactly on those notes when we come back for a closing blessing from two of our beloved spiritual colleagues. So before we close with that, let's have one last reminder from Beyond Word, Simon and Schuster about the paperback release in May of the Evolutionary Leaders award-winning book, Our Moment of Choice, Evolutionary Visions and Hope for the Future. So over now to that. Hello, this is Richard Cohn, publisher of Beyond Words. We are very honored to be partnering with Simon & Schuster and the Synergy Foundation to bring you a new thought-provoking book for these challenging times. It is called Our Moment of Choice, and it features 43 of the world's most well-known spiritual thinkers, offering practical solutions to the most pressing problems of our time, from economic inequality and social injustice to climate change and spiritual disconnection. Deepak Chopra offers his thoughts on how our inherent wholeness is not a choice, while Greg Braden suggests that we can change our world by first realizing that none of us are separate from each other. Lynn McTaggart investigates the link between altruism and self-healing. Michael Bernard Beckwith, Bruce Lipton, and many others share their thoughts on moving forward in ways that expand our consciousness and benefit the global community. Our moment of choice calls on us all to be the co-creators of a just, unified, peaceful, and thriving world. The time has come for all humanity to be united in purpose. This is our call to action. This is our collective moment of choice upon which our future depends. You can purchase your copy today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Beyond Words, or your local independent bookstore. Welcome back to The Convergence on Voice America. This is your Voice America host, Dr. Kurt Johnson. And thank you for joining us for this first broadcast on our new series, Humanity's Moment of Choice, with members of the Evolutionary Leaders Circle. We're going to close our program now with a spiritual message and blessing from two other Voice America hosts, Beth Shaw of YogaFit.com and Voice America's Make America Healthy, 
and Karuna of LightOnKundalini.com, the Light on Light magazines, and a co-host here on The Convergence. You can find out much more about them and their programs at the Voice America show page. That's YogaFit.com for Beth and LightOnKundalini.com for Karuna. They are both part of the Evolutionary Leaders Open Synergy Circle for Yoga and Spiritual Practice, and we look forward to more programming with them during our upcoming annual collaborations with the International Day of Yoga Committee at the United Nations. So watch for that with us in June. So I'm going to go over now and join Beth and Karuna. I'm here with Beth Shaw of YogaFit.com and Voice America's Make America Healthy and Karuna of Light on Light magazine and LightOnKundalini.com, a co-host here on The Convergence. I just told you a lot more about each of them and their work just a moment ago. We've invited them to each give a closing spiritual message for this year's Earth Day celebrations all around the world. So let's start with Beth. Thank you, Kurt. Um, I would just like to say to everyone, happy Earth Day. Uh, What a blessing it is for us to be here alive on planet Earth and to thank you for your continued efforts at helping heal the planet, take care of it, recycle, consume less, and just really enjoy being one with the planet, the beauty of nature, the air, the water, the earth, and embody that in everything that you do. Don't forget how important this earth is and what a blessing it is that we all get to live on it. Namaste. Great. Thank you so much, Beth. Now over to Karuna. Satnam and many blessings and ditto to exactly back to what Beth has just shared with us. From the Rockies, I send you this beautiful prayer, Happy Earth Day, the Four Winds Prayer from Frank Fulscrow, the chief and medicine man of the Lakota Nation. My grandfather, to the west, the buffalo people look at me. To the north, the elk people look at me. And to the east, the black tail people look at me. And to the south, the owl people look at me. Grandfather God, have mercy and watch over me. Grandfather God and my grandmother Earth, all good things come from you and you have given us unseen powers. Today I pray that you will listen to me in my prayers as you have always shown your mercy upon me. You are woman, a mother, a loving mother who never denies her love to me. I know you will hear my voice this day for you have always answered my prayers and you have always shown your mercy upon me. You have always answered those who pray for help and mercy. And as I stood before you with my relatives, Show us the mercy as always. Fulfill my prayers, my God, my grandfather. Have mercy. And then I'd like to add, and of course, the me is we and us and one. 
in this sacred prayer and from the prayer of the Guru Granth Sahib, may your way always be comfortable. May the wind of happiness be behind you. May you understand the strength of your own soul and may you always be bountiful to help anybody who seeks elevation. May the hand of Nanak protect you. May the power of Guru Ram Das always heal you. And may the courage of Guru Gobind Singh give you victory. And may the word of the Siddhi Guru Granth Sahib give you ecstasy, consciousness, and love. May this planet Earth be awakened to its dignity by your higher consciousness and grace. With this prayer, dear ones, let every beat of our hearts be with you and bless you forever and ever and ever, Satnam. Yes, Satnam. That's the sacred name, and we and Earth are indeed that sacred name. So thank you so much, Beth and Karuna, a truly appropriate closing to this honoring of choosing Earth. And again, from us, a heartfelt thanks to all of our guests on this Voice America special, Humanity's Moment of Choice, Choosing Earth. Dwayne Elgin, David Corton, Richard Clugston, Jude Curavan, Laura George, Scott Katamas, Mitchell J. Rabin, Beth Shaw, and Karuna. All members of the Synergy Circles of the Evolutionary Leaders Circle at evolutionaryleaders.net. Now, we'll be joining you again soon, and we look forward to bringing you inspiring radio and video programming throughout 2022. A great way to keep up now with our programming will be through our Facebook page, the Convergence Voice America Facebook page. So until our next gathering, continue to choose for Earth. Best wishes and love from all of us. <laughs>